Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who what? Love him. And my question would be, do you love Jesus? Do you love your God? Knowing that you're going to be living there forever, how many people don't even peruse the brochure? (laughs) And what is the brochure? Of course, his living word, right? We don't even crack this thing open. And I've I've noticed people, I've I've actually been in homes where I would pick a Bible up and they would just go, (gasps) like, "You're, you're opening that? I had that happen to me. And when I opened it, you know how the big hardcover family, living family Bibles are about this big? And you could hear it. <laughs> you could tell it hadn't been used. And honestly, the people's eyes got this big. Well, what does that tell me? That they don't know the owner yet. They haven't gotten to know him. And who is the owner, you might ask? None other than God the Father. He loves you, He loves me, and He wants us to spend eternity with Him. Who does He want to be saved? All men, if that were possible. Listen, just like you wouldn't go to a hotel or a B&B without first checking it out, at least I wouldn't think you would, why would anyone want to hastily go to heaven? It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what you think about that. And that's why Jesus told the people, seek first the kingdom of God. And all of these other things will be what? Added unto you. If you need it, God's going to give it to you. But let me tell you, when we get to heaven, oh, it is going to be, you talk about buffet, I cannot wait to get to that marriage supper of the Lamb and see what kind of buffet God puts on. Right, Mac? You and me, we're going to be sitting next to each other, bumping each other. Oh, look at that. Oh, there are going to be foods there we've never had before. <laughs> I can't wait. Amen. It reminds me of that song, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> when you get to know the Lord... When you really get to know him, you're going to see that not only is he going to care for you, not only is he going to comfort you, there's nothing that he'll do for you that isn't, first of all, done with excellence, and second of all, that if you need it, he won't give it to you. That's the kind of God we serve, the Father that we serve. And you can rest assured that God's kingdom gets a five-star plus rating. I mean, there's nothing that we're going to see in heaven where we go, Ooh, he cheaped out on that. If there are toilets, they're going to be gold. Now, I don't know what they're going to be. I don't think we're going to have that issue up there, but we won't know until we get there, right? That's the first thing I look at. It is. I mean, that's kind of an intimate place, right? And you want it to be clean, and you want it to be nice. And, and I love those big tubs with all the bubble things in it so that you can... I'm taking a rabbit trail, aren't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You do spend a lot of time in the bathtub. <laughs> I do. I, I love the bathtub. That's where I study. That's where I read. So do what the Bible commands us to do and seek the kingdom of God. Matthew 3, 2. Can you read this with me? Repent of Repent your sins, sins and, and turn, turn to God, God for the, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven, heaven is near. Where is it? Near. Yeah. The kingdom of God is, is near. near. Amen. The NIV Study Bible says this about this verse. The kingdom of heaven is the rule of God and is both a present reality and a future hope. Is that your future hope? Are you living in his present reality? Are you living in the kingdom of God? You know, when we pray the, the Lord's Prayer, what's the first thing we pray? Our Father, thy, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come, thy will be, be done. done. Where? On, On earth, earth as it, as is, it is in heaven. heaven. We are ushering in the kingdom of God. And the Lord uses us as he rebuilds us. It's not that carnal man that we used to be, right? That's the B.C. days. That's before Christ. But once we're born again, we are changed, and He begins to rebuild us into those vessels that He can use to His glory. Amen? That's awesome. And it should be your hope. That future should be what you're resting on today. This world is a bummer. I, I'm not addicted to news, but I read it every day. And I do so just so I kind of have an idea of what you all are facing as well as myself. And when I read it, very seldom do I come away from it going, oh, that made me feel good. Our hope is not in this world. Amen. It's in the next life where God is going to bless our socks off. Those who love Him are never going to have to worry again. You're never going to shed another tear. Everything is going to be awesome. Yeah. Hallelujah. Listen to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 37 and 4. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desire. Amen. And God wants to bless you. But you have to do what first? Take delight in Him. Get to know who He is. Understand who the master builder is. When you learn to trust the maker, then you can trust the building. You can trust that heaven is real and that you're going to be there someday. If you get to know God, the builder, then you can trust the building. When you know that the one who is in charge is trustworthy, it makes it so much easier to j jump on board or to get on board, if you will. Amen. So, let me just recap here. We're going to rebuild. We know the builder now. We know who is building. Amen? What's the first thing that goes up? The, the roof? roof? No. The foundation. So that is, there's certain steps in a building project, which I don't know a whole lot about, but... I know there are certain things you need to do first, and one of the first things is, is pour your foundation. That's right. We have an example of this when we were back in Lansing, and they started to build... Can I put the picture up? Sure. The new church. We were at the old building before they built that, and we were praying, and there was a group of men that wanted to get started on it, and Pastor Dave had some other ideas, but they decided they needed to get going on this project, and they were all builders, so... 
they decided they were going to pour the foundation, and they did. And then things went for a standstill, and some things happened, and we got some new builders in. And as they began the process of putting the building up, everything stopped. And the new builder said, the foundation they poured is wrong. It was the wrong cement. And if they had continued, that building would not have stood. They had to have the right foundation. And the way we worship down there, believe me, it would have caved in. So God had his hand on this whole project, and he kept them safe. You know what? In your spiritual life, when you're building your foundation, God is going to keep you safe and keep you and warn you on things that maybe you're starting to do the wrong way that you don't even know you're doing wrong. But when you trust in Jesus, when you give God your life as the builder, when you start your foundation, you're going to make mistakes, but God's going to be right there just like they were for that building, and God is going to keep you safe. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17 talks about the temple. Now, he's not talking about a temple building. He's talking about you as the temple of God. Just like we're going back and forth today, we're talking about foundations, but not only a a building foundation, the foundation in your life. See what it says. Paul says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. What are you doing in your life as the temple of God? Is it pleasing or is it going to be torn down? Make sure you're doing those things that are pleasing to God. So if you and I are the temple, how does one build a solid foundation? Hmm. Well, you start with Jesus. That's your foundation. Man, if you got him in your heart, if you're born again, if you love Jesus with all your heart, then you can build from there. This church, Mount Hope Church here, is only as strong as its people are strong. Can you see what I'm trying to say here today? We really need you to understand that. You need to build your spiritual foundation strong so that we can continue building this church together. You are the foundation of this church. Wow. Pretty strong, huh? How many know that God is in the business of success? Amen. Amen. He's not a failure. He is the master builder and his work is always lasting. So as long as you're seeking his kingdom, as long as you continue putting Jesus first in your life, whatever you do for the church should be strong, and one day you're going to be rewarded for your efforts. Well, I want to go back and just look at that same passage, 1 Corinthians, beginning with verse 10 this time. Because of God's grace to me, Paul said, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. This is so important. We don't want to be haphazard with how we're building the church. We don't want to be haphazard with how we're building this temple. 
We need to use the utmost care, and as Pastor Barb said, always, always consider what would Jesus want me to do here? How would he want me to live this life? How would he want me to do this job? How would he want me to be this student? Whatever you find yourself doing in this life, we should always be questioning the builder. Lord, what do you want me to do here? How should I look? How should I act? How should I respond? And so on. And I love this next part, and it, and it really hit me. And this is one of the reasons I, I uh, kind of pointed out Brother Pale here today. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Just poke your neighbor and say, does your work have value? I was just poking you because you told me to. <laughs> but you didn't ask me. Does your work have value? It, yes. Okay. Yes, you should know that. <laughs> Can't believe you even had to ask. <laughs> That's my baby. <laughs> If the work survives, emphasis on if, that builder will receive a reward. How many want a reward? Amen. You know, I don't want to get to heaven and have the Lord say to me, uh, I didn't know you. Throw him out where there's gnashing of teeth, grinding. Uh-uh. That's not me. I want to hear what? Well, well done. Well done. Well done. And I hope that's what you want to hear. Verse 15, But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. This should sober us up a little bit here. Because that means that how we live our life, how we build this temple, how we build this church, it's really going to have an eternal bearing on the reward or the lack of reward that we receive when we finally get to heaven. It should cause us to want to really get to know the builder. Make sure we're following his codes. You know what I mean? Make sure we're doing it his way because he has certain things he wants in certain ways and we are not the ones who can change the code book. This book is unchangeable. We add to it, he'll remove our name from the book of life. We take away from it. He'll remove our name from the book of life. We can't do that. So we need to follow the code book. And that's right here, this beloved book that we call the Holy Bible. Hopefully you can see what Paul's telling the church here. You are the builder of your life. You determine what materials are going to be used in the rebuild of yourself. You decide the spiritual strength that is within you. If you do it right, you'll be rewarded. If you do it wrong, you'll barely be getting in. By the skin of your teeth, as my dad used to say. <laughs> what you invest in with your temple will determine how close you are to the master builder. Let me put this another way. If you really love God, you'll spend time with him. And that will be evident by the way people see you. Your testimony will say, I love the Lord. Amen. You won't have to say a word. Let, let me tell you something. If you have to tell people that you're a Christian, 
Either you're getting this or <laughs> you're asleep. <laughs> if you have to tell somebody that you believe Jesus Christ is, is your Lord and Savior, then there's something wrong. People should be able to watch you and say, hey, I see there's something different. Amen. Anybody have that happen? There's something different about you. I don't know what it is. And that's when you get to say, ah, let me explain. Let me tell you about the one that I love, the one that I spend time with, my master, my savior. The problem, some of you barely know the master. Others, there are some of you who really know the master. He is your God, and you spend time with him. And, and that's what Paul was saying. What you invest in this is going to have eternal value and eternal reward. What you invest in all this around us is going to mean nothing when that day comes that that trumpet blows and we're taken up to heaven. Only what we do for the kingdom is going to make a difference. So how are you doing? Perhaps you would admit, I'm not doing that well. Here's the good news. As long as you have breath, as long as you're still breathing on this side of heaven, you have an opportunity to rebuild what God's trying to do in you. He never gives up on us. We might give up on ourselves, and some of you have. You've given up on yourselves. And my encouragement to you today would be, stop it. <laughs> Begin that rebuilding. Amen. Begin putting Jesus first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of the other things will be added unto you. Isn't that the kind of place that you want to live in? So here's how you rebuild your life. Here's how you build a strong foundation like the one that we've been talking about. Number one, salvation. You must be saved. You must be born again. We talked about that a little bit last week. Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Amen. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will what? Be saved. saved. Pretty simple. Number two, get water baptized. Acts 2.38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to show that you have received forgiveness for your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Which leads us to number three, be baptized in His Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a language you didn't already know. Once when he was eating, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized Amen. with Holy the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Say that with me again. The Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. How many need the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. All of us do. Because he is the one that supercharges us, Amen. empowers us Amen. to live that holy and pure life. He convinces us of wrong and He leads us into righteousness. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Can I get a great amen? Woo. Number four, study and show yourself approved. All who love me and do what I say, my Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. 
If you love God and you do what he says, what did he say? It's right here in this book. You don't know it? Get the brochure out start reading it. (laughs) If you do, keep studying it. How many of you have been studying the Word for more than 10 years? 20, 30, 40. I've been right about there, about 40 years. And how many of you understand everything there is in this book? Not a single hand going up. Why? Because God's Word is living. God's Word is true. And no matter how studious we might be, there are always things He can teach us. Something we always teach in our uh, leadership classes, we never stop becoming learners. We always have to keep on learning more and more and more because God is teaching us about today, not yesterday. He wants us to understand not only today, but even what's coming tomorrow. And he uses this book sometimes to show us what is coming next. A lot of our prophets have been speaking to this over over the years. And we need to start listening to what those prophets are saying. Finally, last but not least, we need to share Christ. We need to be a disciple, and then we need to share and convert others so they'll become disciples. Let me read this. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The whole process begins with us becoming born again. Somebody led me to Jesus. Hopefully you'll get that privilege. You'll, you'll have that opportunity to lead someone to Jesus someday. Is there anything more fun? I'm telling you, it, it's like lifting... How many lift a little baby up and go, Oh, he's so cute. And that's what happens when we are blessed to be a part of somebody's life when they first give their hearts to Jesus. Amen. It's an amazing miracle. And we get to be a part... But it doesn't end there. Just saying the prayer, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that does not end that salvation experience. It's just the beginning. That's when that person, that little baby in the Lord, needs to be what? Nurtured. Fed. Yes. Comforted. Encouraged. Led. They don't know what's coming. And when somebody gives their heart to Jesus, what's the first thing the devil tries to do? Pluck those seeds out of them. Say, oh, that didn't, you're no different than you were before. You prayed the prayer. Get behind me, Satan. I know what God's word said. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of those sins. I'm born again, dude. And there's nothing you can do lest I I let you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing he can do. But that's training up the disciples, raising them up in this generation. That's right. Again, we're building, always building. And there, once you've got your foundation with Jesus as your builder, you're looking to him to lay that foundation. Some of the things are being saved, being baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit, learning and going out and giving out. That is so important. And as Pastor Norm was just speaking, there's some in here that feel like they're too shy. They can't do that. Yes, you can. Step out and do it. Even if you make a mistake, the Heavenly Father is going to help you through it. Amen? 
you might be the only key to someone giving their heart to Jesus. If someone's down and you walk up and say, man, Jesus has got a word for you, that could be the beginning of their life. Amen? So look for opportunities. That's why we're doing the whole R3. We're looking for opportunities to pour into people's lives. We're trying to make it easier on you by being able to stream and having this facility comfortable. Amen. Amen? God is doing a new thing, and we're asking you to join us as we strengthen what the Lord has already been doing here at the Hope. That's right. God has been doing some really neat things here. Can I share this? I don't know if you knew this, but the Assemblies of God, this was our uh, district council pledge, if you will, or slogan, better together. And how many of you would agree that we are better together? When I see you locking arms in Bible studies and all of the things that we do at the Hope, when I see you calling each other, when you have a prayer request, we're better together. And God knows that. And that's why he's knit this family together. And if you're not from Gaylord, maybe whatever town you're from, hopefully you're involved in a local church, a local assembly, where you can be a part of that because you are better together. Lone Rangers don't survive long. Mm-mm. We've learned that over the years. We've been in ministry for 20, how many years? Uh, 92, whatever that long is. Long time. <laughs> and... and uh, Honestly, I've never seen a Lone Ranger that's done well. Somewhere along the way, they fall away. We need each other to build each other up, to encourage each other, and it's so important that we get this in our spirit. There's so many opportunities to to grow with a team of people. We're watching our intercessors. Man, they're becoming a well-oiled machine. Hallelujah. You know, I know I can go in there and I can say something and I know they're going to take it to prayer. And maybe you want to be part of something like that. We've got kitchen teams, greeting teams, ushers, worship. God has a place just for you. This foundation is big enough for everybody. And as you're growing stronger, this church is going to be stronger. That's right. Amen? Amen. Well, you can help us make a difference by ensuring that you are strong first. Can you say that with me? I need to be strong first. Say that with me. Now together. I need need to to be be strong strong first. first. You know, so often we rely on everybody else to help us get to the place we need to be. There's only one you should be relying on, and that's Jesus. And you know what? This came to me, too, when we were studying this out. I could just hear some people thinking, well, I'm not strong, so I'm just not going to try to be a part because I'm just not strong. I'm just going to sit here, and I'll just let everybody else do it because I'm not strong. Oh, my goodness, get up and do something. You're as strong as you want to be strong. God takes those that are weak, and when he is weak, when we are weak, he is strong. So what you're saying, if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not strong enough, you're saying Jesus Christ is a liar. I don't want to say that. Amen? So don't deceive yourself. Some of us have very poor self-confidence, and I can stay that with everything because I'm that way, but it took Jesus Christ in my life for me to step out and proclaim the Word of God where I started feeling that anointing. There's nothing in me that is, could do this. 
but with Jesus Christ, I can do all things who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. And, and this isn't in her notes, but <laughs> when she was in high school, when I was in high school, neither one of us were really outgoing. Her self-confidence was down here somewhere. Mine might have been just an inch or two above hers. That's just who we were. It wasn't until we met Jesus. Amen. It wasn't until he changed us from the inside out that we began to get a confidence that can only come from God. He is our confidence. And there was nothing from the point that, that I became born again, from the point that she mm. became born again, there was nothing that God put in front of us that we couldn't accomplish with his help. Amen. And that's the key. You don't rely on yourself. You don't rely on your own good looks, your own gifts and talents, but you rely on your Savior, the Master Builder, Jesus Christ. And when you do, you can do it. Amen. So, I wanted to say this just briefly. One of the things that we realize we really need to improve is our discipleship program. When someone raises their hand in this church for salvation on a Sunday, and how many know that's the most important part of the service? That's when the rubber meets the road. That's when eternity is right there, and we're all standing at the threshold, and we should be going, yeah, come on, come on, go, go through the door, go through it, receive Jesus, praying, praying in the Spirit, right? That that person will come to know the Lord. Here's the thing, they pray that prayer. We hand them a Start of Something Wonderful booklet. It's a great booklet. And then they walk out. What's next? We need to improve that. I'm saying this as your pastor, and I know it's kind of an odd weekend to do this because it's Labor Day, but what is Labor Day about? Work. There's work to be done in the kingdom. And as much as you might want to think, oh, Pastor Norman, Pastor Barb got it. No, we don't. Brother Pale, was there ever a day when you could have used a little help? Helping you do some of the things that you did. Now, there are some things we just do. We usually do the preaching. That's fine. I love to preach. Pastor Barb loves to preach. But there are other places where we can't be everywhere all the time. And one of them is in this discipleship program. We want to start a program where when these people raise their hand for salvation, we immediately get them into a room where we can talk to them about that. And actually get someone to partner with them. Not necessarily like this, because that's a little too close, but maybe, <laughs> maybe like this. They're not married, just assuming, you know. And, and they're just going to hold that person's hand so that when they fall or stumble, you can pick them back up. And how many know that when you're first born again, you're going to have some falls, you're going to stumble? Yeah. That's just part of growing up in the Lord. Yeah. So we want to build something here that's going to help them with it. And this is where you guys are going to come in. We need you to help us with this. To become a partner with a new believer in the Lord. Amen. Giving them a call every now and then. And we don't know exactly what this is going to look like yet. But I'm just challenging you to prayerfully, besides this rethink, rebuild, reinvest, begin thinking, Lord, how can I help with this? Because I want to grab hold of one of those little baby Christians and I want to help them grow in you. And when you get to heaven, you know what the Lord's going to say? Well done. Air high five. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. So we need all of you.
as the worship team or whoever, Mary, as you come up. Would you stand with me? Can we have the house lights down? We're asking that you begin praying. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? As a, as a part of this church, you are a puzzle piece that's absolutely necessary for the complete picture to be developed here. We cannot do this ourselves. You know, there are pastors that try to do everything, and I'm, I've seen it. They burn out and they die out. I don't think you want that. And how many want to hear those famous words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I believe that hinges on how you allow the master, the potter, to develop you, to build you, to use you, to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal of this church. Lord, not my will, but yours be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Just ask the Lord right now, is there something missing in me? You know, you might be born again. You may have prayed that prayer many years ago, and you still feel like something's missing. And it might be something that the Lord needs to put in you, or it might be something that you need to get rid of. You know, sin is the biggest blockage to God's blessing. And I don't know exactly what each one of you is going through today. But I do know this, God is more than able to deliver you from whatever it is that's keeping you from His best. But the most important thing you can do is to yield to Him and say, You know what, Lord? I'm not going to give you 90% of me. Not even 92, not 95, not even 98. I'm going to give you 100% of me to do with as you see fit. Because if you're holding anything back, then you're not truly yielding to Him. Amen? And that's what salvation really means. It means that you're turning around from the old way of life when you were running away from God, and now you're going to hit the mark directly on where He wants you to hit it. But that requires you to repent of your sins and to make a change in you. If you need to repent, I'm going to give you that opportunity here in just a minute. Some of you, and listen, I don't mean this to be sarcastic, but some of you are just lazy. Some of you are just lazy. And you have refused to take that step of faith to do whatever it is God's been calling you to do. And it's time to change that. That stinking thinking is one of my old pastors used to say. Get rid of that kind of thinking. You can do all things through Christ and you need to stop being lazy. And I'm talking about spiritual things here. I'm talking about kingdom things here. You may be really good at doing the world's stuff, but what about God's stuff? That's what you've got to convince yourself of today. So maybe you're here and you're lazy. I want to pray for you today. Or maybe you just feel like you can't do it. There's got to be somebody else out there that can do a better job than me. 
Well, I'll tell you right now, if God's telling you to do it, you can do it. Amen. Take that thought and put it aside. And maybe, just maybe, you are where you're supposed to be with God, but he wants to do something new in your life. Mm -hmm. Allow him to do that. Allow him just to take you to that next level. And as he whispers into your ear, just take it and go with it. Last but not least, quit making excuses about why you can't and start standing on God's promises that tell you why you can. Amen. Plain and simple. Unless God's a liar, he tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And if he puts it in front of you, it's because he thinks you can do it. You're the one that's preventing that. So stop making excuses for why you can't and get into the Word and figure out the promises that tell you why you can and then stand on those promises in Jesus' name. Would you all bow your heads just for a minute? We're talking about rebuilding today. I don't know where you're at, but the first step, whoever you are, whether you're, you've been born again, you've been serving the Lord, whatever, if your foundation's shaky, then you're never going to be, be able to build anything solid on that foundation. So you have to give your heart to the Lord. You have to be baptized in water and in the Spirit. And then you need to begin serving Him as a student, as a studier of Jesus. How many in this room today would say, I need that? I just need to rebuild. I need to begin rebuilding what God's doing in me. I don't care if you're just recommitting or you need to be born again. Just lift your hand up so I can see them. Hands going up all over the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, probably almost half of you just raised your hand. I don't do this very often. But I'm going to ask you, if you would, and I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but if you would, just as a step of faith, would you come up here and just stand in front of me? If you really mean business, I want to rebuild from this point forward. I want to give God my life. I'm not fooling around with this anymore. I want to hear his words, well done, my good and faithful servant, and I don't want anything to prevent from that happening. If that's you, come up. So many. And, and listen, I see people up here. I know you guys are rock solid. You're sold out to the Lord. And you're still coming up because you're humble. Amen. And you know God's going to do an even bigger thing in you than He's done already. So if you just want to see God just begin to... Whew. Did you share what happened this morning? Could you? Hallelujah. Oh, God's been doing a new thing in me the last few weeks. So I've been wanting to pray more. So I come in pretty early on Sunday mornings. And I was in here in the dark, just loving on Jesus. Had me my Jamie Grace on, singing and praising. And I had my eyes closed. And I was asking God for the anointing for when I spoke this morning. Because I don't want to ever come up here without it. And all of a sudden, I felt it from the top of my head to my tip of my toes. I got the, woo! And just at that point, I opened my eyes, and there was a stream, a beam of sunlight that came in through that window. It was bright orange, whoosh, came right down on top of me. I went, "Woo! God is good, amen? 
So God has something special for each one today who's ready to receive it. You could Hallelujah. say that was a coincidence. Mm -mm. She just happened to be praying in here <laughs> as the sun rose. I feel like she was in here worshiping and the sun rose. Hallelujah. On her heart. Amen. And that's what God wants. God's he wants moving. that relationship with you. And as you put Him first in your life, trust me when I say this, you will never be dissatisfied. He will never, ever leave you or forsake you. He loves you so much. And I'm telling you, if, if you would, I want to pray with you. But just get this in your spirit today. He's the rebuilder. You're going to lay that foundation. That's what you're doing right here. You're going to lay that foundation in Jesus right now. And you're going to start letting Him build on top, precept upon precept. He's going to do the work. Jesus is your cornerstone. Are you ready for this? Amen. Hallelujah. We'll pray this. And saints, I just ask you to join us. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to die for my sins. He made me right. Not anything I've done. And I understand today that you choose to use me as a born-again believer. The old man is behind. The new man is being birthed. I confess my sins to you. Anything holding me back from your best. Forgive me, Lord, and wash me clean. And now... I give you permission. Do whatever you need to do with me. Change me. Shape me. Mold me into that man or woman of God that I am destined to be. I thank you. I give you all the praise. Help me to live strong for you all the days that I have left. And I pray this prayer in the name of the strong Son of God. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand today. Hallelujah. All right. I'm, I'm taking an inventory right here. I, if I'd had a phone, I'd take a picture because every one of you up here, I'm going to expect to be part of this new disciple program because God's doing something here and you might already be shaking a little bit but you just keep putting the Lord first studying his word utmost of importance giving him time in your day 20 minutes whatever you can afford but make it lasting make it something where you shut your I know it's hard shut your cell phone off put your your iPad up and just spend quiet time with him and let Him speak to you. Amen. You're going to hear. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank You for this beautiful day in Jesus. Lord, we pray for those who are in the path of that hurricane that You would cover them, especially, Lord, the churches, and that once this thing goes through, they would be there to help people pick their lives up in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank You for every opportunity You put in front of us to share our testimony, the witness that You've given us. Put people in our path, Lord, that we can help lead to the cross, to Jesus. Lord, keep us safe in our coming in and our going. Thank you for our friends that have been visiting today.
bless them as they return to their homes. We lift up the church, capital C, the church of Jesus Christ. May we succeed, Lord, and may you receive all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.